Hello, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the podcast. You can learn more about me at MyersDetox.com where I try to teach you everything about heavy metal detoxification, detox protocols. We have hundreds of articles, hundreds of podcasts on the website so that you can learn about how to detox your body and how toxic metals and heavy metals are contributing to your health issues. It might be the missing link, that missing piece of the puzzle that you've been searching for in your health issues. Today we have my friend Diane Kayser on the show today, and she's going to speak to us today about how emotions and unresolved trauma play such a huge role in women's health conditions and the path that they can follow to set themselves free from their emotional and physical health issues. This is something I've been talking a lot about on the podcast because I find that many women have health issues that they're looking for this physical cause, this physical resolution and taking supplements or medications or what have you, when many times there's an emotional trauma component to it, that they have unresolved emotions or anger or trauma that are actually contributing to their physical health issue and that root cause has to be addressed. Our top three takeaways on the show are the number one problem women face today with their health, the top five myths that prevent women from healing, and how emotions and unresolved trauma play a role in women's health conditions. Uh, Diane, uh, she's uh, really interesting. She's a former soccer player, a pro soccer player turned functional and diagnostic nutritional practitioner and hormone warrior. She's a, a visionary and game changer in the world of women's hormones and detox, empowerment and entrepreneurship. Clients come to her from all around the world to ditch their health roadblocks and discover their soul goal. She is the creator of the Chi Hormone Warrior Transformation Tribe, which offers the perfect trilogy for all women's transformation. Cleanse your body, heal your hormones, ignite your life. Her mission is to help women get the body they want, the energy they crave, and the life they deserve in a matter of weeks, even if they've been struggling with their health for decades. You can learn more about her at dianekazer.com and learn more about her programs at dianekazer.com slash Detox. So many of you guys are listening to the podcast, are searching for clues, are searching for answers as to why you're not feeling well, why you have fatigue, why you have brain fog, why you have autoimmune conditions why you have uh, food sensitivities and what have you. And many of you are doing everything right. You're eating a healthy diet, you're exercising, you're taking great supplements and can't figure out what exactly is going on. And you don't want to take medications. You don't want to, you know, do the mainstream medical path. And that's why you're listening to this show. And for many of you listening, you also know that I talk so much about heavy metal toxicity and how this is an underlying root cause of many people's health issues. I created a very, very simple quiz. It'll take you five minutes to do at metalsquiz.com. And I wanted to create this quiz to give you some awareness about your potential level for heavy metal toxicity in your body. And if these metals are contributing to your fatigue, to your brain fog, to other health issues. So take a couple seconds, go to metalsquiz.com, take the quiz and find out what your body burden of metals is. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Wendy, thanks for having me again. Yes, yes. Well, so Diane, she's my very good friend. And I wanted to have her to come on the show to talk about 
so many different things that women deal with, which is emotional trauma and, and uh, different types of toxins that we don't normally talk about on the podcast. So, so tell us, Diane, what's the number one thing, number one problem that women face today when they're trying to deal with our health issues? Like what is, it's not really what we think. So tell us what your opinion is on that. Yeah, exactly. So, so many women today, you know, we're, we're taught go to your doctor, right? And I know you talk so much about that on the show and we get stuck in this treadmill of searching to be put into a box, you know, a diagnosis. And then thank God I got a diagnosis and now I finally know what's wrong with me. And then we run around with this label and live as though that's the problem when it's really not. So the real problem, and you know, you've wrote about this too in your book, is that they're, they're of course we're we're burned out. Um, maybe not me and you, because we work harder on our body, and that's why we have our, our shows. But they want to feel better, but they're too tired and too overwhelmed and too lost and not confident in themselves to try to figure out why. So it's it's this paralyzing paradox where they want to feel better, but they don't feel well enough to do their own research. So. Um, there's a lot of data out there. It's, it's funny. Cause then I started diving into the research, which I love research, just like you, you know, we'll have, you know, wars, me and you can competitions. Who's up later, later at night than the other person, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two o'clock and four o'clock in the morning going, Whoa, wow, this is so fascinating. And, um, and really feeling responsibility to help people with the new research. And what I found in doing this research, when I started pulling together, uh, a program that we developed this year, an approach, a holistic approach where we look at all of the pillars is that there's all these different conditions that had a word and then fatigue at the end. It was like, oh, have you heard of the term decision fatigue or compassion fatigue? Or we've heard of adrenal fatigue and thyroid fatigue and digestion fatigue, but there's also empathy fatigue. Have you heard of these before? No, I haven't. It, it's when I started doing the research, I went, wow, there's like fatigue attached to everything. So there are many different reasons today why we're so tired. And you and I talk a lot about toxicity and I have, um, over the last eight years or so. But when I really started looking into the trauma, because, you know, a couple of years ago, I was on the verge of, you know, considering how would I just let myself go? Is this life even worth continuing on with? I was at this point where, um, I didn't know if there was more reason to live. So I was lacking a purpose, lacking a passion. Um, and that was scary. That was really scary. And at that point, there was something that turned me around and that was feeling support, um, uh, from, you know, my, my, my peers, my friends and professionals. And, um, what saved me from that is that there's another statistic and I'll go back to the fatigue part is that they looked at the data of how many people really consider, uh, this was about 20 years ago. Uh, how many people did they consider as close friends in their life that they could depend on if they needed something, if they needed help? And the average is about five. And now the average is zero to 0.5. And there was a big study that was done on this. So it, that's not how I was feeling. I felt like I had a really good foundation in my life. Um, so I reached out, but so many people, so many women specifically, or I should say the feminine aspect of whoever the person is, right? We feel this need to, to fix everyone, to help everyone. And it's been a drive that was created at childhood. Um, and it typically is, we see our parents struggling and we carry this responsibility that I got to save my parents and then we got to save the world. But when do we ever get to save ourselves? So 
decision fatigue is something that was um, brought up by Jim Quick, and he's all about the brain and how to not have brain fog and how to optimize the brain performance. So I heard decision fatigue from him. So it's if we have so many decisions to make in a day, no wonder why we're tired by like two o'clock. You know, never mind just what we're eating for lunch, but all the thoughts that we think and all the decisions that we have to make. Uh, we peter out real soon. That's why we should start our morning with our, our us time. And then empathy fatigue and compassion fatigue. I hadn't even heard of those ones until I started digging into the research earlier this year. When we see people struggling, especially the feminine, we'll feel compelled to support them and to help them heal when all the while we're starting to ignore ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Well, so how do women get into this prison? Like the medical industry starts with labs first. And so why do you recommend a different starting point for women when you're working with them doing one-on-one coaching or with your programs? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I want to, I want to speak to this in a visual and to me, it was a very powerful visual. Um, I don't know if you've seen these before, Wendy, but you know, being like looking into the psychological aspects of healing. And, you know, I'm an FDN like you, FDN practitioner and looking at nutrition and looking at toxicity. Uh, and we always say like, let's look at stress. Let's look at what causes stress or how to manage stress or reduce stress. But people go, well, I can't reduce stress. I have many responsibilities. What we do is this visual. If you can imagine that you're in a room and this room has bars all around you and these bars are your prison. So we put ourselves in our own prison. And what I mean by that is, and many people's egos are going to be like, I'm not in a prison. I didn't put myself here. They did. And that person did. And my mom did. And my brother did. And my boss did. And my significant other does. And my kids do. They put me in prison. There's nothing I can do. Right. And that's, that's very much a disempowering victim mindset that says, I don't want to own responsibility for my life. And I can be empathetic to that because I was there at one point too, but there comes a time where we have to take our power back. And the visual of these bars all around us is the prison that we're in, but we are the ones that hold the key in our hand to unlock that prison door and, and fly or maybe flop (laughs) until we can fly again. And that's, (laughs) that's what we work with women on is the confidence to soar again. And I say fly is first love yourself, but so many of us have been programmed that you're last, you know, what do you mean? Love yourself first. That's, that's selfish. You, you have kids to raise. Look at these women, the guilt that we receive as moms and you're a mom, Wendy, the guilt that we get. Oh, how dare you take a trip? You have kids to raise. How dare you put your needs first? Whatever that means. Look at your kids over there. And and of course there's selfishness and then there's selflessness. Um, so these bars are over the years, we have, seen other people act and we have learned and we've been conditioned to respond in certain ways by society, whether it's you know, magazines or TV or, you know, you struggled with bulimia. I know you've talked about yes. it on your shows. Mm-hmm. Um, this like constant pressure to look a certain way and to be perfect. And that's, you know, as a pro soccer player, that's another one of my jams too, is to, you can't miss a ball on the field. You got to be perfect or else, or else, you know? Um, so, every one of these bars represents some identity of some kind of an event or with a person suffering in our life where we went, I am never going to look stupid again. And so as a result, I'm going to appear perfect. And with every one of these bars, this is this person's expectations. I'll own that as a bar. 
my parents' expectations to go to school and become a doctor. That's another bar. And so we build these bars and we create our own prison wall walls and we can get out of them, but we have gotten our needs met and our attention and what we perceive as love um, and approval. We're so approval seeking. We need to belong to something that these bars mean something to us. We hold them tight. And if we're not getting approval from the outside world, we live in a constant, uh, a degree of shame. And in our life, we start shooting all over ourselves. I should do that. I should do that because I have to fulfill all the people and all these expectations of all the bars around me. And we wear many masks and then we lose ourselves. So who are we? We're other people pleasing. We are trying to we have a relationship with money that's poor. We have to have to maintain a certain status. We have fear of missing out. We, and, but we're giving our power away because now we've lost trust in ourselves. And if we don't have trust in ourselves, then how can we have trust in anything outside of ourselves? So we've lost that, that gut feeling because of, of all of the people pleasing. And that prison is a very palatable place that when I see the women coming to us, they've done, they've run a ton of labs, yeah. a ton. And it's like, well, what kind of labs have you done looking into your soul? Yeah, and that's something I've been talking about more and more with the clients that I'm working with and on the podcast because people have the anger and they have guilt and they have shame, they have trauma that they internalize that then causes physical health issues and you're not going to find that on a lab. And so mm -hmm. let, let's talk about that, what I had asked before. The medical industry starts with labs first. So why do you recommend this different starting point for women to start thinking about how their emotions and trauma might be contributing to their health issues? Yeah. Yeah. Because if we, labs are just clues, right? You know, labs are good clues for us, but the results of the labs are typically as a result of the thoughts that we think that create the way our metabolism works, that, that creates um, our immune system. So we know that the, the more in our head we are like that zombie song in your head, the more in our head we are about past or pressure about future, the more cortisol that we're releasing. And yeah, we're going to see that in a lab test and someone may recommend certain things that where your body can produce more cortisol or here, so take some licorice root or prescriptions wears off. If you diagnose with an adrenal issue from a doctor, um, and there's nothing you do, but take a pill, but the root of all of this is in our head. And so it's interesting when you, we hear doctors say, Oh, it's all in your head. It's like, well, what does that even mean? I mean, it kind of is because if we look at some of the research, which we can't look at on labs is that like 80% of chronic pain now can be attributed to chronic emotional thoughts. So if women go in and start with a lab, instead of looking at them in the mirror at themselves and what kind of control they have in their own life, then they're just adding another bar of expectations from a doctor to take this drug. I just talked to a client before we got on the call today and, um, her doctor was furious that she wanted to take her IUD out. And, you know, I, I, I told her, I said, you're going to go in there and I want you to ask her to run some of these markers. And it's probably not going to be a very comfortable conversation because they, they don't know these, these sorts of things. They don't know the root cause of hormonal chaos and why they, they recommend an IUD just to stabilize your hormones. Um, but it doesn't, empower you on why your hormones were out of whack to begin with. Yeah. And so it was a hard conversation. It was, um, 
you know, the, the doctor was very angry and she felt very bullied. Um, but she was also a, a victim of everything in her life. And I became the next person that didn't fix her. So we had to have a very real conversation with her that these labs are clues, but if we keep leaning into the labs and wait until the labs come back with the results, then you have no power. And you're at least you don't believe that you have power to start doing things in the meantime, because we are the, the, the reason why we got to where we were to begin with most of the time, right? Like some kids today, we know they're born with tons of toxic chemicals and it's, <laughs> that's a totally different story. And sometimes C-sections and things will warrant that we don't have a really solid immune system, but starting with why and starting with I is what will help them to break through because now they can begin to form a, a relationship with themselves and really truly love themselves and collect data instead of make an I form another identity about themselves and and be fearful about what comes back. Yeah, their identity becoming their diagnosis, their diagnosis yeah. becoming their identity. And so we know that we've uh, encountered many people in our lives as clinicians and personally and people listening can relate to this, but there's some people that um, they are very ill and they just don't get well and they go to doctor to doctor to practitioner to practitioner and there's just something preventing them from healing. So what are your top five myths, myths that you're constantly debunking with women that are preventing them from healing? Yeah. And this is, this is something that I'll, um, elaborate on in the end, uh, because I, I, I want to allow women to, to see uh, the depths of this because it's pretty real. And that is that, um, when we just talked about it is when we accept our doctor's word as our destiny, then we have completely lost our power. And we've been brainwashed this whole time that our doctor knows the answer. You know, your doctor knows best, your ex knows best or whoever knows best, which means I don't know. I don't know anything. I, whom I don't know anything. So the first one is to not accept your doctor's word as your destiny or your identity. Because when we look at, as you know, the model of care today, our, our hospitals are really good at acute care, but there is just no place for healing root cause chronic care issues that are recurring over and over. And as you even talked about, I think I looked at your newsletter, I think it was yesterday about how you struggled with a lot of back issues, right? And then did NES and worked on healing your, your back pain. And there's so much of our emotional trauma that is stored in various parts of our body, depending on what, whenever it was that we felt them. So what if there really just is no pain? There just is an association with a past trauma that lives in that specific area. So if we can free that pain, then we won't need the medications. We won't need to be in and out with prednisone or steroid injections. So they, they're not getting to the root. So don't accept your doctor's word as your destiny and don't give them as much power as you've given to them because at that point you've, you're losing every single time. Uh, and then the definition of insanity, going back in and out of the hospital, um, looking for a different answer, or it, it's like, it's, it's like trying to wash the same place on your counter over and over and it's super clean and you just can't figure out, you know, if it's ever going to get polished. Yeah. So, Cause like, yeah, there's so many doctors and if they're someone's practicing mainstream medical, uh, you know, uh, mainstream medical care, 
they're going, you know, typically going to say, if you have a thyroid issue, you go in, they say you need thyroid medicine for life. The next doctor, thyroid medicine for life. Next doctor, same thing. You're not going to get a different answer, especially for things like autoimmune or, mm-hmm. or other uh, chronic conditions for which there is no cure, so to speak. You're going to get the same answer from, from that community. So you have to take your power into your own hands, your health into your own hands, because no one is going to care as much about your health as you do. So you, yes. I, so I love what you're talking about. You have to empower yourself because no one's going to do that for you. They're just right. not. No one has the right. time or the, you know, the interest as much as you do about your own health. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that's the, that's the truth. As we we tend to hope that, you know, even me or you, Wendy. I mean, we 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 care. We're practitioners that care. But we're not running around with them 24-7. You yes. know, we don't, we're not sleeping right next to them and see if they snore or kick or wake up and pee in the middle of the night. There's just so many variables, which is why, you know, even working with just a natural doctor and seeing them, you know, just one appointment at a time without addressing the entire lifestyle and just sitting down and having a conversation of what's this, what's this all for? Which is to digress for a moment, that's what's, what's it for? If you, if you become your optimal self, if you have three times more energy, if, if you're sleeping better, if you're sexing better, if you get all these things that you think that you want, because you've been taught that that's what you should want, then what, like, what are you going to do with your life at that point? And it's interesting, Wendy, because I'm taking uh, 10 women on a retreat tomorrow to Costa Rica. And I'm really, really excited about this. Um, it's been a lot of planning. It's my first one, but it's, it's going to be fun. Now I'm in the fun stages of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I wish I could join you on that. I do just, uh, I have a little bit too much going on this month, but I would love to go down to Costa Rica with you and hang yeah. out for a week and just learn everything that you teach. Yeah. It's a lot of this stuff. It's a lot of like, and getting back into our, you know, this is, um, so next time, Wendy, getting into this, this little girl here, you know, getting our inner child involved <laughs> and you know, what, what is, what is, what does she want? Because she is the one who's in prison now. So working with our, our inner child, uh, and raising our inner child is another relationship that so many of us miss out on. We raise our, you know, biological child, but we miss out on our inner child and, and that's who can save us. So the, the dynamic of where we start with our women is we have this trio where, um, we've got this inner ego which is this judge, this is critical voice. And then we have the inner child that wants out. So this critical parent is yelling at this beautiful inner child. And the reason I call so much of what we do a warrior, uh, like the warrior aspect of the, the warrior archetype and warrior women specifically is because this warrior can come in and go, Hey, Hey, inner child, I hear you. Hey judge, can you listen to the inner child? And sometimes the inner child wants irrational things and we're adults. We want, we have responsibilities, but the inner child just wants to come out and play and be present and play with bugs and be in nature and put your, our feet in the sand and ground and run away and, and be in love without the, the weight of the past that now lives in our waistline, the weight of the past and now the weight on our body. Um, so that's what this retreat's all about because a lot of us are living with this inner child in prison. Um, and the, and the bars are this ego judge that is keeping us there because we have to fit in, um, everywhere we go and we lose ourselves from it. So the warrior archetype is to, to swoop in and save this and, and, and form a relationship because the ego is not all bad. It's just 99% of the time it's wrong. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a barking dog because there's someone at the door, but does just because a dog's barking, the door doesn't mean that there's a T-Rex at the door waiting to bite our head off. But 
that's the reality that we live in. It's a lot of PTSD, you know, uh, and we all have PTSD at this point. Now the studies really are coming out that show that we all do. So in rich in the retreat, I noticed that when I put it out there, um, that a lot of women who really, really wanted to go in the very beginning said yes, but 95% of women, and I, and I really looked at this, Wendy, their celebrations, uh, whenever I work with them, I said, what are you going to do to celebrate when you get this body, when you get this energy, when you get this life that you're after, what are you going to do to celebrate? And the majority of them said, I'm going to take a trip to Europe, or I'm going to take a trip internationally. I'm going to get out of my box and I'm going to go travel and I'm going to take so-and-so with me. And I went, great. Can I hold you accountable to that? Once you get to the end of this journey? Yes. 95% of them cheated on themselves and didn't take that trip. Hmm. So how can we trust ourselves when we lie to ourselves like that? And then we speak in this terminology of once I, and when I, and when he, or when she, and we're still living with that power outside of ourselves. So I created the retreat because there was a demand for it. And so the women that have said yes to themselves, who are not cheating on themselves, even amidst their limitations, time, money, energy, they still decided to go. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I put that out there was so that they can celebrate themselves and we can all come together and let the inner child and let the warrior woman out. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, and one thing I think it's so important is investing in yourself, investing in your health, because you have nothing unless you have your health. And you used to be a, a financial planner before, uh, before you became a health coach and FDN, a functional diagnostic nutritionist. And uh, you saw, you know, how much your clients spend on medical bills and holistic health as well as help them secure life, long-term care and disability insurance. So what's your take on investing in our health now and that, that being a wiser choice than the long-term reality of how much it will cost later? Oh, yeah. So, whew, okay. I'll, I'll give you a few examples. So when the number one thing that I saw as a financial planner that resulted in divorce or some sort of a state battle was someone got sick. Someone got really sick and they didn't have enough to support the medical bills. And as we now know, half of the bankruptcies that occur now are due to medical bills, are due to unknown medical expen expenditures, right? And so we also tend to assume blindly that our insurances will cover XYZ until an unknown happens. And so now we've got, I don't know if it's a tie, but you look at the research and you see two different places, right? Like back pain is the number one cause of disability. And I also read that there's depression is the other number. I don't know if there was the other, but that's my, <laughs> what I observed. Well, I know it's like 10% of people are depressed and on medication for yeah. the, in the U S it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And like 25% of women in California are on like the last I checked, which I did the, you know, with you, I did an interview on this too. when I did the depression summit a few years ago, which I called heart to happiness. And it's now on my website. So interviewed, um, a lot of health experts like you about what really causes depression. And it's not, we think it is like serotonin is not the only key yet. That's the only plug that doctors are putting in. And that's where one of our clients, uh, Bailey and you know, if you look at my website and you can actually see her story, she came to me and she's studying for her bar. She's now uh, an attorney. Um, but imagine trying to study for the bar when you're on five medications, um, because you've been diagnosed with bipolar, um, anxiety disorder, depression, and schizophrenia all in one. And you're taking multiple medications 
who's confused them or you? Um, and truly like, Hey, if you look at women, we've got four cycles. And so we're quadrupolar. If you look at it, you know, we, we, we've got emotions. They change, they shift with the moon and they shift with our bleeding. And, and, and so with her, she, she couldn't even function. So it could have been years more in school. What would that cost? Um, you know, a year in school is 30 grand or so, maybe more. Um, another client that I work with came to us and she had 20 hormonal migraines per month. And she was on, of course, you know, Synthroid. She didn't have her thyroid or part of it was gone. Um, and she was on about eight medications. And when we were done working with her, she was on one. Uh, and we're still working on, you know, do we even, cause she doesn't have part of her thyroid. So at that point, when you remove parts, there's definitely a replacement. So she was out of work, um, not, not 20 days a week, but you know, about, I'd say 10 or 15 days a week. And if the average person is making, let's just say $50 a day or $50 an hour times eight, that's $400 a day multiplied by 10 days a month that you're missing or a week that you're missing, that's, that's $4,000 or a month, sorry, that's $4,000 a month. That's $48,000 a year. So with disability on the rise, because of these two things that are happening as a result of toxicity and trauma that are trapped in our body, that we're numbing at all costs to not address because we're taught, don't, don't, don't be emotional. Don't talk about your emotions because you're weak. Then you're going to show them your weak side. I say vulnerability is the new strong. I say that you show who you really are. That takes courage. And that's where other women who have stepped up and stepped out of these identities have started to save not only their life, but the money that they've lost for having to spend money on, or even like a gallbladder surgery, um, a lot of congestion there because of a lot of trapped trauma as well, as well as toxicity. And that's a $15,000 procedure. If you're toxic and you have a, a baby uh, and that baby's born in the spectrum, which the odds are high, as we know from, you know, Dr. Stephanie Seneff's work and others is that's like $150,000 a year, mm. uh, someone on the spectrum. So these are things that are avoidable. So we can either invest in our health now or in our disease care later. And it just, the list goes on and on and on of how much missed work and how much women are spending on bioidenticals every month, you know, on average $400 a month is what I see. So that's five grand a year on that. So you start really looking at the, at the numbers and if you can find a practitioner that has something that you can invest in now to learn everything that you need to have your future roadmap, you have then saved yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions down the road. It, it's so true. I mean, you're going to invest in supplements and programs and detox and whatnot now, or you're going to pay for medications and nursing homes and doctors later. You're going to pay either way. And but I think that the, the former is much more desirable. Um, but you have a 100% success rate with women that you work with and helping them get better because you work on so many different levels of physical and emotional, emotional trauma. Um, so as a why do you have that success rate with the women that you work with that follow the formula that you have? Yeah, good question. And it, it, it's like, I, I, I was even skeptical writing that. I was like, do I really have a hundred percent success rate? What does a hundred percent success rate even look like? Right. And to me, it means that, um, first of all, women who come to us seeking support, I, I'm having a conversation with them first, Wendy, I'm having a real conversation with them. And the questions I ask them are to really assess, are they ready to meet their greatness? Are, are they really ready to step into their power? 
Like, are you really ready to know how beautiful and light that you are inside? And when you do, what could that mean for your life? Because for so many people, like, you know, the prison bar analogy, we've shaped our life around being a victim of someone who suffers from something. And what would our life then be if we're no longer suffering, if the diagnosis was gone? Would we then, because in our society, we're prized for being sick. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go to the hospital. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And we get love. We get our needs met somehow. And I'm not knocking people who do that because I do it too. I'm human. We all do it. But this is our ego part that says maybe when we were younger, the only way that we got love and attention is if we were sick, you know, Oh, mommy, I'm not feeling well. Mommy holds you. She picks you up. But maybe mommy didn't really want to touch you otherwise. Maybe she wasn't very loving and affectionate with you. And the only way you can get attention is when you were sick. So these are all things that were shaped and programmed into us at a very young age. And before I invite anybody to work with us, I get super real with them. Um, My goal is not to be their friend. My goal is to be their leader so that they can see some of the things that they're blindsided by.